0: Yeah! Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore
1: the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now
0: up to Tibet, bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone. And today on the program, I'm joined by a longtime buddy of mine. We, we go way back to our playing days or days in Florida he was the first guest of the Boone podcast.
1: And I like it. We were that.
0: at the gym and I told Andre, I said, Dre, you got to be my guinea pig. He said, no problem, Boone. He jumped on. That was over three years ago. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Football Hall of Famer, please welcome Andre Reed. Dre, thanks for coming back on the program. Now you're an alumni.
1: Yes, I am a Boone alumni. That's been three years since I've been on the first time.
0: Three years, you're the first guest. It was you, then Griffey, then Lark, but
1: Andre Reed is the number one guest. Wow! Before before Larkin and Griffey, man, I feel privileged, man. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, hey, I'm, I'll be expecting my uh, my trophy in the mail. You know, like a little and, picture or something,
0: and a royalty check. And that's a it. That's check. it. What's happening? Um, I want to talk about some blanket stuff. NFL this stage of the season. Yeah, Uh, we're going into December and I try to uh, I try to liken everything to the baseball season. I think, man, that that home stretch for the baseball season, depending on the year, depending on the situation your club's in. How are you feeling as an athlete on the field right now going into December?
1: Well, you know, football is a little different than than baseball and all the other sports and in those critical times of the year. Um, Obviously, baseball is 162 games, and uh, basketball is, uh, what, 82 games or whatever. Football, you only have 16, 17 games. you got 18 weeks now. I know when I first came to the league, it was 16 weeks. But your your window of winning those games, especially at this time of year, November, as soon as you come around Thanksgiving, and then before you know it, it's Christmas, and then you're like, you know, those games that you lost early in September and October – can come back and haunt you um, late in the season when you have to win games. Um, it's 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 been like that. It's always been like that. You got to win your division games. Uh, you got to win the games you're supposed to win. And you can maybe drop one or two during the year, but those games come back and get you, man. Nine out of 10 times, those are the games that get you. And then you're in a must-win situation. And if you don't win that, you're out of the playoffs. So these teams right now that are jockeying for – for positions at this point of the year just to get a shot at the playoffs um, at the halfway point to a certain point, we're a little past the halfway point now are really desperate, you know, for them to win and then for other teams to lose. And our coach Marv always said, take care of what you got to take care of in your own division first. And you can't worry about what other teams do. Um, And a lot of these teams, I wouldn't say they're in a panic mode. They talk about a panic mode, like in the first four or five games of the year. Oh, they're in a panic mode. They're in a panic mode. By this time of the year, you should be either moving, going towards the playoffs and getting in a position to be in there, or you're the teams that just don't have a shot at all.
0: Uh, Dre, it, it's changed. The dynamic of sports, the playoff situation, it's changed. The NFL went to it earlier where more yeah. teams made the playoffs this year. Uh, baseball's starting to go that way. Now you got 12 spots to get to that postseason. When I first started in, in my career, there weren't that many spots. So a lot of times And I'm going to put the scenario to you this this way. I've been on teams where right now in the season, this stage of the season, I know we've got no chance to make the playoffs. And I've yeah. got to find a way to, to get up every morning and find now, a yeah. Whether Whether that's chasing numbers, because, let's be honest, the numbers at the end of the day is how we get paid. It might True. be an arbitration year. That might be an, uh, a free agent year. I've been on teams that are fighting for our life, like, we've got to do really good from here on out. We'll make a playoff. Now it's pretty easy to get up in the morning. And then I've been on teams that Hey, we're, we're definitely going to the playoffs. We just got to stay healthy and go down the stretch. Yeah. Take those scenarios in football. And it seems like the teams, when I was winning or we were right in the hunt, I didn't notice the, the physical wear and tear on the body that goes through the season. It seemed like, oh, I'm fresh as heck. But those seasons where we were out of the playoff, playoff race, it seems like my back hurt a little more. My <laughs> knees hurt a little more. Give me the, Give me that football version of it.
1: Um, well, it, it's I think it's the same, Brett. You know, it's the same thing. If you're you know, you guys look down the road, especially at this time of year. Um, they're gonna start looking at other teams and what they're doing, um, injuries, all that stuff comes into factor for you trying to get in the playoffs and get a shot. It could be one game, it could be two games. You never you know, you don't know. Um, the attitudes are a lot different at this time of year. Um, you know, they say teams tank. I mean, really, is there such a thing as, you know, is like, do they write it in and say, yeah, we're tanking. We're going to tank because we have no shot at getting to the playoffs. We're looking for the number one draft choice, or we're looking to be in a better, you know, position to, uh, to draft the guy we actually need, we can really use. Um, to me, football really, the draft has a lot to do with how your team does, but it's still free agency. It's still making moves in the offseason that are really the big moves that a team makes to get him in positions to be a better team the next year. Uh, you're going to get a lot from the draft, but most of the time you get it from a free agent guy that's, you know, that you need him right now. And in the NFL, again, 18 weeks, you need guys right now to play, uh, especially if you're going for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the bottom line is, too, the years Andre Reed's out of the – let's say you're out of the playoff race. You still got to get your touches. You still got to get your pass. You still got to get your yards. Cause yeah. who knows what's going in at the end of the day. That's what we're judged by. When they're looking at the, at the paperwork, they're going, all right, what did he do? He had X amount of touchdowns, X amount of yard. Yeah, that's how you're paid. So you got to keep going. I'm paid yeah. by how many home runs I hit. How many runs did I drive in this year? What did I hit? You know, yeah. it's changing in baseball. Statistically they're, they're, they're dwelling more on OPS now and, and, and different statistics. But the kids today, they've got to hit those numbers. Yeah. Um, I want to turn it to quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, the NFL, obviously, the quarterback is at the uh, utmost importance. I look at the – once again, I'm going to try to contrast here. Compared to the, to major league baseball. I think the quarterback is kind of a number one starter, that ACE that we have on our staff, but we've got four other pitchers too. So if our ACE goes down, doesn't necessarily mean we're done, but it means we got to find some. And and in the baseball arena, trading right. deadline, you got a chance to pick up a, a, a Justin Verlander, uh, a Max Scherzer. Whereas in football, it's not like, it's not like Patrick Mahomes is available at the deadline. If your quarterback went down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I see right now, it seems like a lot of the NFL guys, a lot of the quarterbacks are down now. So if, if you're, if your team is based on that great quarterback and you need him to get there, your QB goes down. What's the, what's that state and why are, it seems like more quarterbacks nowadays are going down. Am I wrong on that? Or, or am I, no,
1: you're absolutely right. Um, in our game, the quarterback to a certain point is the focal point. He's the most important position on the field. Everything revolves around him. Um, all the great quarterbacks in this league um, have a supporting cast. And if you draft a quarterback in the in the NFL draft, it's up to you. Like Bryce Young. Let's take Bryce Young for, for an example. Obviously, the Panthers aren't having the season that they want, but – Does the coaching staff and does the organization say, well, now that Bryce Young is here and he is our so-called future, since we picked him the first pick in the draft, what are we going to do as an organization to make him better? That's what they're going to do this offseason. Whether they clean house, which they did, they got rid of my guy, Frank. You know, Frank was a big part of my career. Uh, The offensive coordinator, they did a lot of things. But is that really always the thing to do? That's the first thing they do. They're going to get rid of some people and bring some better minds in there if, if, if that's what they think it is to make this kid better, because that's that's their franchise guy, Bryce Young. Um, as far as the other quarterbacks go, they always you know look at what Josh, Josh Dobbs is doing. you know in Minnesota now. he just was with who's he with the Cardinals, and three days later, he's winning a game for the Minnesota Vikings. So does that happen a lot in the league? Yeah. But you want to get a veteran guy that's been in those battles and, and it has some experience, especially when it comes to a team that maybe to a certain point is going for the playoffs, that has a chance at the playoffs. You want to get that guy that has experience. So it's, it's an up-and-down situation in the NFL, Brett. And like any other sport, getting the right guy um, is the most important thing. But if you can get something comparable to him that's going to move the needle that's where the front office becomes. That's where they do their job, and that's what they need to do.
0: Question for you: Take it back to during your playing time, your era, versus today. Does it seem like there's less high-quality quarterbacks, more, or or hasn't it changed much? It just moves on a, a different. I, I don't generation. think.
1: I don't think it has changed much. I think uh, you know, ever since the days of the Montanas and the John Elways and and. Um, Dan Marino's and all that, uh, they, organizations are, they got to get that guy. And once they have that guy, how do we make everybody else better? How do we get a receiver that can, that can, you know, push the button? How do we get um, a running back that we can count on for 30 carries a game? Um, How do we get a defensive line that uh, brings pressure, you know, nine out of 10 times? I mean, Look at what Philadelphia is doing right now. I mean, I watched the game um, Sunday. Yeah, your, your Bills. They got your yeah. Bills. And and they played a great game. You know, there were two teams that were, you know, Philadelphia's the best team in the league. And the Bills went in there and they showed out. But they made mistakes at crucial times of the game. Um, some things didn't go the way they should have. And against a good team, you're not going to win. They know how to capitalize on that. So, that's what every organization in the NFL is trying to do. They're trying to set that base. They're trying to set the foundation and then build on that foundation uh, to get them over the top to, uh, to win a playoff game or get into playoffs.
0: We're going to talk surfaces now. Uh seems like what I hear and you know, I'm the layman football guy, but uh, the Meadowlands seems like a lot of injuries are coming out of it. You hear back and forth. Oh, this turf, not yeah. this turf. We go back to our day. I remember when I came, you came in to the NFL before I came into major league baseball. I was in the early nineties. You were in the eighties.
1: I was in the seventies.
0: <laughs> what was your first year? 85. 85. Yeah. You're in the eighties. Yeah. Back then, Andre, a lot of the teams we shared our arena with the football team. I remember coming out in the field after you guys would play on Sunday late in the season. I'm standing, I'm at second base and I, it, there's a 40 yard line right there. And I'm like, can right. they clean this up for me? Now that's gone by the wayside. Nowadays we've got state of uh, the art stadiums, um, the Astro turf back in the day, me and you play. I, I couldn't imagine, uh, being a football player on some of the turf fields. I play, I play, I'd go to Montreal. It was like concrete and a thin sheet of AstroTurf. turf played in Cincinnati, Philly, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, they all had that old fashioned ash turf and that's what you were playing football. on. I look at right. the new surface and I don't know if you I don't think you ever played on this new surface. No, no. Never but, but I'll tell you what, it's nice. It seems like a uh, it seems like a first class seat compared to a middle coach seat compared to when we started. Yet the injuries are still happening. Uh, take me to, to that turf versus what you're – I know when you're on the field now, down on the sidelines, you see that new turf. What are your thoughts? Well,
1: that has been probably a if, – if Roger Goodell goes in the office every day, which he does, and there's 10 things that are on his desk that he has to deal with, which he has to deal with a lot of things, one of them is, is turf. He deals with that, every team. Um, I was over in London a uh, couple months, about a month and a half ago to watch the Bills play the uh, the Jaguars over there. And they played in a really nice stadium there. Tottenham Stadium is really nice, but it's a soccer stadium. And they actually rolled in the turf, took out the turf, the soccer turf, and rolled in football turf. I don't know what the difference is. I've never played on soccer turf before, but obviously over there, It's more soccer than it's football, but it's soccer. So, um, and then a lot of the guys complained about the turf was a lot different, you know, injury wise. So that's been, Brett, that's been a thing for years. And that's back to the days, like you said, when, you know, we were playing on concrete, you know, how how would they,
0: how would the, how would the NFL guys today deal with playing in old Pittsburgh Stadium? You think you got bad
1: turf now? Try playing there. Or or old veteran stadium there in veteran stadium, yeah. Where where you're running a route right into second base. Yeah. It's not good. But you know, obviously again, Roger has a big challenge ahead of him uh when it comes to turf because most teams now they go out and check the turf out. And some teams a couple years ago they just said we're not gonna play. This is not this is not good for our team. It's not good for the players to be out here on this. It's not conducive for the players to be out here so um but we played on it you know we played on that badge i mean foxborough stadium was pretty bad too uh i remember i ran a seven cut which is like a post corner into the end zone and it was rolled up in the end zone the turf (laughs) so yeah so it's like they rolled the turf up it's like okay you don't want to run a route over there but that's that's how it was then but it is an issue for players now. Um, I think if they did probably a survey, uh, which they do do with players, of uh, what's the most um, thing that they're worried about the most, it's probably turf.
0: Cold weather. How is it play I, as a baseball player? We've got to deal with it sometimes in April. Uh, if you get to the postseason October, nowadays, they've got the, all the retractable roofs, so it's usually much nicer. But yeah. I've been in some cold baseball games. But I've been at, you know, I, I grin and bear it for a game, maybe two, and I get through it. Nobody likes to play baseball when it's cold. Nobody likes to swing a bat when it's cold. If you don't square Ooh. it up, it's yeah. boom, boom, boom. Nobody- football, <laughs> that's the culture, football. You've always yeah. played in bad weather. play in snow, you play sleet, whatever. You just play. Does it get to a point where, no, this is just what we do. This is part of the, it's part of what we signed up for. Yeah.
1: is it tougher for you? Is it tougher to play when, when you're freezing? You know, it's, it's, it's everybody asking me, you know, you played in Buffalo in that weather. How was it like? I go, weather's weather, weather. You can't do anything about it. It's not like you can stay inside and say, you know what, today. I don't think i'll be able to do this today just count me out too cold too cold Cold. yeah um mindset that's what sports is sports is a mindset yeah Do you have the mindset to, to to block that out and do what you're supposed to do and and play the game um i kind of you know i grew up in pennsylvania i grew up in the cold so i knew what to expect now buffalo cold i don't know if it's a different type of cold cold is cold you know, heat is heat. It doesn't, you know, there's right. no, some of it's a little different, you know, because, because Buffalo is a little, uh, you know, right by the lake and you get lake effect snow and you get all that crazy stuff going on. But to me, it was the same. And, uh, you just had to get used to it and know that you're going to have to play on it no matter what. So, and it was an advantage for us. That's, that's the way I looked at it. Mostly it was an advantage for us every week, especially at this time of year. Matter of fact, I think it snowed in Buffalo last night. So, um, This is the time of year where we thought it was an advantage for us every time a team came up in Buffalo and played um, that we're going to use the weather to our advantage. And most of the time we did. So, um, again, it's a mindset that you have to block out and know that no matter what, you're going to have to play in it and use it, use it to your advantage.
0: Yeah, it's you know, each sport's so unique, and and that's why I'm always fascinated. Talk to Talk some somebody from the NFL, somebody from the NBA, yeah, and they want to know about major Like you mentioned, at the top of the top of the show, you play 162 games. Other sports are going 162 games, but for us, it's no. This is what we signed up for. It's normal. The travel, it's just normal. We don't think yeah. about the travel. Whereas, but I think about playing in some of those games and the weather you're playing, man, in, and I'm yeah. going, there's no way I play But that's not the culture.
1: Booney, to tell you the truth, I, I loved it, man. Believe it or not, I yeah, loved it. Yeah, I would assume I, you got to embrace it. I got to embrace it, Especially man. Especially in Buffalo. It. it, uh again, you just came out and said, you know what? It's, it is what it is. What are you going to do? And you got to let the, the team that comes in knows that they're going to be in a... Uh, a a definite battle because of not only us as a team, but the weather is going to be a part of it too.
0: And and I look at those cold. All right. I got, I got a scenario for you. And I think about this all, I I consider myself a tough guy and I love bouncing around the turf. And I'm thinking when I was young, man, going across the middle in the NFL, catching a pass and wearing it from a, from a DB that scares me to death, (laughs) scares me to death. Now, Andre, Andre Reed, I put you in the batter's box. Okay, let's go yeah. to one of our generation's pitchers, Randy right. Johnson. Oh, are you going to be worried if he squares you up in the ribs? Does, yes, is, yes. Is that something that Andre Reed would fear? Yes. Would you fear? Are you feared going across? It's the not that I would fear it.
1: It's not that I would fear it. I don't know. That's a, that's a different mentality, man. Right. Isn't it, ball, isn't
0: it bizarre how to you, you – that's probably all you'd be thinking about, especially if the first pitch he just buzzed your tower to, to see if you were paying and he's
1: And he's 6'8", so the ball is coming down to you differently than somebody that's 6'2".
0: Right. But isn't it um,
1: fascinating?
0: If you line up on the side – all right, you, you're going out for a pass – Last thing you're thinking about is that contact in the middle. You're thinking, last I thing, gotta, or
1: I, I, I'm done. I'm done before I Mazal goes right. Yeah. Just
0: like when I get in the box, you—I don't care if you hit me. I'm not worried. That's the last thing. It's just fascinating to me how sport to sport, like things that you'd be thinking if I gave you a bat, and things me i would be, I'd be really? thinking
1: if you put some shoulder pads on. Some well, I'm first of all, I got pads on, and. Right. You're standing there in the batter's box. I don't care. I
0: I see those hits. I don't want to get, I'm a wuss, (laughs) man. I think I'm tough, but I'm a wuss.
1: You know what cracks me up is people go, yo, who, people, I'm telling you, if I had a dime for every time somebody asked me this question, eh, you know, I'd have a stack of money. Um, Who hits you the hardest? That's the question I get. Right. Out of 10 questions I get, that's number one. Who hits you the hardest? Well, who Um, did And I always say it was probably Ronnie Lott and then Steve Atwater and then, you know, a couple linebackers, Mike Singletary. Uh, I can go on and on with guys that hit me and then try and then help me up too. So uh, it was just part of their job. So, you know, it is what it is, man. And I I enjoyed it. Even though I didn't like it, it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. Because okay. I know if I made the catch and it was crucial, that was the catch that, you know, made a difference in the game. Right.
0: Yeah, and it's, it, for me, baseball-wise, it's like you, you picture, and, and Randy, you know, some guys, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason. When they when they ask me, Booney, who, who'd you have the most success off of? Who, who had your number? Well, it right. didn't make any rhyme or reason. Some Hall of Famers, I, I just happened to hit well. Some I didn't. Some guys you've never heard of, I couldn't get a hit off for some reason. But, guys, you, uh, I brought up Randy Johnson. I didn't do well against Randy. I was probably two for 20 career. And I'll tell you what, I'd welcome getting hit by a pitch because I'm 0 for 0 and I'm on first base. <laughs> you're like,
1: You're like, hit me in the back. I'm good. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, all right. Since I'm retired now on the media side doing this podcast, uh, yeah. I look at things a little bit differently. You know, I hear the ex players and I don't like to hear guys from my generation. Oh, the game today, it's different. My era was the best. I've kind of embraced that, you know, the kids today playing, it's their game. It's not my game. It's not my game anymore. I don't set the rules. I don't set the unwritten rules. I'm going to read you this. I, I, and I don't want you to comment on, I, I'm sure you've heard it. It's the what Tom Brady came out and said. I'm not oh, yeah. here to I'm not here to play games Andre comment on on Tom Brady, but I just want to read it to you. Okay. There's a lot of mediocrity in the NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. I don't think the coaching the the coaching is not as good as it was. The rules have a, allowed a lot of bad habits. It's less than it has been. So I don't want you to comment on that, but Andre Reed, how good is the NFL right now?
1: Uh, I think I think Tom has some valid points. Um, You know, all those things that he said. uh, You got to define what mediocrity means as far as Tom Brady goes. I mean, that's like saying Michael Jordan. Hey, tell us about the game now. What do you think is different about the game? And if Michael Jordan says, well, you know, there's a lot of mediocrity going on in the NBA. But when it comes from a Tom Brady or it comes from a Michael Jordan or somebody like that or somebody else that was a goat at their sport, what is mediocrity compared to them when they say uh, it's, it's, it's probably different? Mediocrity is mediocrity. Right. Um, but when it comes from somebody like them, a Jordan or a Tom Brady, you got to really sit down and fig- try to figure out what Tom Brady means about mediocrity.
0: Yeah. It, it, and that's yeah. what I said. It, you know, it, how much was taken out of context? I don't know. I don't know if he did an interview and it was right there in front of you.
1: Yeah. I heard that last week. He said that last week. Yeah.
0: But I think of this, you know, Tommy just obviously, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, definitely. Yeah, a lot of people, consi- a lot of people consider him that. Yeah. Um, but he, he just got finished playing. And and my question to Tom would be, OK, you say it's mediocrity. OK. You were playing last year. Was it mediocre last year or just since you retired? Or when did it become mediocre? Was it good in 2006 and then it ended? That's what I wanted to expand on for me.
1: Yeah, well, they're not going to ask them that. You know, they're not going to say, hey, we'll expand on that mediocrity. And what do you mean by that? Right. We want to get it right. They're looking for clickbait. What about what about so when you played during your heyday there in New England, what what is medioc- what do you what does mediocrity mean to you when you were a player? Right. Not when you're not a player. Right. Because you can go to you can go to players, you can go to organizations, you can go to rule changes, you can go to uh, I mean you can really break it down to say, okay, yeah, it is kind of mediocre. You know, rule change, I think rule changes are the most important thing that he would say that makes that makes it to him mediocre the mediocrity of it, because it does do a lot to change a lot of different things in the game. Um, I mean, look at the Philly-Buffalo game. There was a controversial call Controversial call against Josh for, uh, I think it was Redick, uh, sacked him, but he had a, it was a questionable horse collar. Did you see that? I didn't see it. I, I, I saw the very end. Yeah, so could that have been a major factor in the game? Yeah, but there's probably a lot of other things that could have happened in the game that, you know, there was one play I saw uh, he missed Gabe Davis down whether or not Gabe ran the wrong route or he didn't read the defense because from my standpoint, and I'm not saying he was wrong or right, I, I just think that they weren't on the same page. That's like the pitcher and the catcher not being on the same page. Uh, and it looked like the middle of the field was open and he ran to the corner instead of going to the middle of the field. So that's neither here nor there though. But, um, when Tom Brady talks, everybody listens and it's like when Michael Jordan talks, everybody listens. So whatever Mike and Tom say, okay. Usually, Hey, maybe he's got a
0: point. You got, a point, um, yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned rule changes this year. And I don't know how much attention you were paying to the baseball season this year, but they changed two things that were pretty, ma- well, they changed the bases, which I don't really care. They made it bigger.
1: You know, what I don't get is the, the time clock.
0: The time clock. All right, Andre, I go into it. And once again, I told you now as an adult, <laughs> I really, I'm willing to, I, I'm patient. I say, you know, I, my, you're you're always going to have your gut feeling when you hear something new coming to your game. Yeah, and it, the time clock was 20 seconds. They wanted to speed up the game. They wanted to, hey, let's go instead of being able to step out of the box, prance around, take 40 seconds, 50, a minute in between pitches, call time anytime you wanted. They wanted to speed play up. Okay, I went into it thinking as a baseball player. You know we have a lot of pride, and we're the only major sport that doesn't have a clock. So we took a lot of pride in that. So, but I was open minded. I went with
1: it, and I'll tell you what, I loved it. It was a so swifter what, what, game. What was the final verdict? If they at, at the end of the season, are they satisfied with it? I, th- I think from coaches, staff, fans,
0: players. I think an overwhelming home run. It it was great. The games were swifter. They were done in under three hours. And all you had to do is instead of take your time, it's like, let's be ready to hit. I think it was good for the game. It was a swift. game. Did it really do
1: anything to the pitchers?
0: That's what you're hearing. And and we're talking about Tom Brady. Max Scherzer just came out and said, he thinks the time clock and the pitchers being in a certain position where they have to deliver the ball in a certain amount of time, he thinks it's going to lead to a lot of injuries and led to some injuries this year. I think what, time what, was,
1: what were the injuries that it led to?
0: I don't know. Arm injuries. And that, and that's something that, you know, I, I, I when to Max Scherzer, he's, he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer when he speaks, he's got some credibility to his words That being said, I don't know what the research is that says that happened, but I think overwhelmingly guys I've talked to, especially coaches and managers, they love it. And and the fans, the fans, every fan I've talked to said, Booney, this is unbelievable. We go to the game and we don't have to sit there and and we're not on our iPhone because if we're on our iPhone, we'll miss something in the game. And the, the innings are crisp and, and you're getting out of there in two hours and 45
1: minutes. I was going to say, so they, so it's significantly significantly, did something with the time as far as the game, right? Without without a
0: doubt. It went probably shaved on average. You know, there's 15 games a night. On average, it probably shaved 30 to 40 minutes off every
1: game on average. Wow. And it was I know just... A, I, we'll go to a lot of the Padre games here. You know, some yeah, of the Padre games. Uh, and not only did I, ta- did I take notice to that, but I was really, really... And two, I was really trying to figure that out. You know, I would look at the clock and look at the pitcher. And he's up there, and he he ain't got no time to be messing with the bag or, you know, doing his feet, you know, getting his feet right up there on the mound. Um, I mean, he's got to deliver that ball. As soon as as he gets it back, he got to get the sign and deliver. Right. No and time. they've got
0: and, and there's a timeout that you can use. The hitter gets one timeout. That's that's the, the only problem I have with it. And I think they need to tweak it. I I think it's a good rule they've been they've implemented, but I think what they need to tweak is here here's the actual it's 20 seconds in between pitches, <clears throat> but the batter must engage with the hitter at the eight-second mark. Like the batter can't step in at the six second mark. I was gonna mark. say,
1: so he has to get in the box.
0: And engage. Basically, I'm ready to hit.
1: Is that is that considered an engagement? If you you get in the box, you're ready? That if that you're means? in the box, you're
0: ready. Now, right. the problem I have is the cat and mouse. And there are certain pitchers out there that will do it. And, and if it was within the rules, I'd do it as a pitcher. So I engage you at the eight-second mark. Now, I'm in my stance. That pitcher can hold the ball till. I was gonna second. say he can
1: step out. Yeah,
0: but I have no retribution to that. In the past, if the pitcher is gonna hold the ball and play those games with me, I just I just call time. I say time, and we can do this all day. If you're gonna play these games and hold the ball on me, now the pitcher has all holds all the cards at eight second. I think they should move it to. Maybe the hitter has to engage at the four second mark. Now, a lot of hitters might engage at the eight right. second, but if you keep it to four, now he's got four seconds. So you're not just standing there like a statue for eight seconds. Because believe me, in the box, when you're ready to go and that pitcher's ready to go and he just holds the ball on you for eight seconds, it disrupts
1: everything in your in your sequence and your yeah. checkpoints. Well, it, it seems like in that the, like the pitcher and the catcher have to be on the same page quicker. Um and get the sign quicker and do, I mean, you're right. It speeds it up, but they really have to like before the game or something that they know they're right. They right. have to have their sign stuff like on point. Exactly. They ain't got, they ain't got no time to be up there doing all the crazy stuff underneath. It's like, yo man, we only got like so many seconds. This is the pitch real quick. I'll give you one or two. Give me one. You can't be like, no, 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 no. You got to get up there.
0: Right. You got to be ready yeah. to go. And I, and I think, I think just organically, because of the process, I think they were able to do it. It's like, all right, we're on the same wavelength. Because yeah. a lot of the best pitcher catchers uh, and the best catchers out there, usually you, you don't see a lot of shaking off. It, it's kind of you're in one with your pitcher and it's boom. We know where we're going here. We know when we when we see this particular event, he checks winged at a, at a slider away. We kind of know each other and we yeah. know what we do after, you know. So if this happens, we know. If X happens, we do Y. If Z yeah. happens, we do X. You know, and 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 that's a lot yeah. of inside it's stuff. Kind of like maybe it's not. You it, know, it'd I mean, probably be kind of like you and your quarterback that you're really comfortable with in a crunch situation. There might be a look or a glance or something. Dre, he yells like something. This. To you, it's, you know, what that, like right. you know awesome. what that right? You yep. know what
1: that means? Yep. Like you know what that means? It's kind of like you. You know, one rule change that I think has been has really not put a dent in the game of the NFL game, but I don't know what besides injuries um, is kick returner. Um, you know they move the ball up for the kicker right. to kick the ball. It's so it's very rare to see eight out of ten times he, they kick it in the end zone. Right. So right. that makes that makes the kick returner obsolete. Injuries. Right. That's that was for injuries more than anything. And then it shortens the field down because they get the ball at a certain – basically, it's like he's he's got a 35, 40-yard kick return. Right. Without even touching the ball. So that speeds up the game. Um, I mean, are they doing anything like that in basketball to speed the game up? Probably not. You mean baseball? No, they're doing it in baseball as far as the pitchers go. Well, but baseball, I mean-
0: it's like – I, I hated it, but you can't take the second baseman out when he's turning a double play. Now you got to slide nicely into the bag. Yeah. When I was playing, you'd knock me in the left field. That was Dang. part of the that was part of the cat and mouse. And I actually liked it. it. It because it it's the only way as second baseman we separate ourselves from good to great is yeah. who can turn that big double play when someone's trying to knock you in the left field with the game on the line. That separates you. Wow. Yeah. Now the peanut lady can turn a double play. You know, left fielder can turn a double. The lady, play.
1: the lady catching the foul balls over there. On the yeah, she can foul. turn a double play now. So <laughs> I, I hate
0: that rule, Dre. I hate that rule. Okay, with the rule changes, if if Goodell calls Andre Reed today and says, "All right, Dre, you've got the power. You can change one thing in the game of football." What are you wow.
1: tell Goodell? Man, that's a good question, Booney. Uh, obviously, being a offensive guy. Um. Man, I got to think about that. I got to think about that because they, you know, I can't say well the the receiver, okay, but they're protecting the receiver, you know, protecting the receivers more than they did when I played. Obviously, they are. Um, I don't know, man. I would say some like like those some of those you know yardage rule changes because some of these rule changes have big yardage amounts attached to them. You know, like the kickoff and um, all that kind of thing. They, that that I got to think about that. You know, some of those real changes because, because they.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what, as a football fan, and you mentioned that you don't get to see returns. As a football fan watching the game, mm. me, I want to see that return. I want exactly. to see back in my day. I want to see Dion get a chance to touch the ball in a big situation, but he doesn't get to do that anymore.
1: No. They so say from they a guess. fan
0: standpoint, you know, to baseball, you can't hit the catcher anymore. That was a big part of our game. And it's not that I was ever trying to hurt somebody, but I'll tell you what, if I got to score this run, you've got the ball and you're
1: blocking the plate. I got to hit you no. as hard as I, I can. Never, I never really understood how much that, that rule of a factor is in baseball, blocking the plate. And then, I mean, it doesn't even make sense. Me, Which part make... does. blocking the plate or
0: not being able to block the plate both see but now it the, the rule think... is so it's so skewed it's like the catchers today don't even know what the rules are like you can't have a foot in the lane or that's illegal right. what's illegal what's not it used to just be hey baby you can if that catcher's you in your way it, over. i mean you don't even see,
1: you don't even see it that much anymore
0: no, you're not allowed. You don't even see it, so. and and it's from just like the NFL returning the kicks. It's just for injury, injury purposes, and the and the money that they're paying. You know, I understand from the owner standpoint with the mo- amount of finances to today's athlete they're paying. I understand you want to protect your product, and if you can keep you you know one of your star guys might be that that stud kick returner. You're paying him twenty million a year or whatever you're paying him. You don't want to see him get hurt. So I understand from that aspect, you might have a lot of money wrapped up in your starting catcher. Uh, so you don't want to see him get plowed at home plate and, you know, blows out a shoulder and he's out for the year. So I understand that point. I'm just talking from a fan standpoint. For me, baseball, less change is better. I'm
1: a purist. I like the game yeah, I, the way I it's think been. One is, I think another one is if, if a quarterback happens to break the pocket and regardless of who it is, he is not considered fair game like anybody else. He's fair game, but if he gets hit, the, the, the ramifications of the penalty are all almost automatic. Right. So why, why is it that that he, that his, he's different when he goes across the, the line of scrimmage than anybody else safety again. How about the punter? I hate when
0: when they break through and this guy does a great job and just, I mean, he's the last thing he's trying to do is hurt that punter. He's just going for a block. He's got it. He just misses it. And he just touches his toe. And then, you know, the punter goes into the the flop and it's like, ball back 15 yard penalty. I'm going, come on. How can you, how can you be aggressive? And really go for the block if there's a chance you're going to touch the only spell. thing
1: you could do is block the ball and hit him too. That's about it. Right. So you, if you miss one of them, you miss the ball and hit him. Out of ten times, it's going to, seven, seven times, eight times is going to be a penalties first down going the other way, first down for the for the kicking team. Right. Um, change it. It could change the game. Oh no, it does, it does change the game. Mostly, a lot of times it does change the game. It's a big. like I said, Every kick is a forty, thirty, forty yard change of possession, you know, right. every kick. So uh, believe me, the rules committee in every sport, they meet before anything else goes on before the season and talk about rule changes, talk about what rule changes that we have uh, in place that have made a difference and are going forward or ones that need to be scrapped and need to be redone, especially in football. So um, the rules committee has... You know, a big task ahead of them every single year in the offseason of looking at what they've done and how they can make the game better. um, How can they make the game safer? All those things. Speed up the game, all that. It's, yeah. You know, in the 40s, they didn't care about that. In the 50s, they didn't care. No. (laughs) You were out there for seven hours playing football in the 50s. That's right. It,
0: it, right put put some ice on it see you next week don't, yeah. don't want to hear that you're injured matter if i go
1: to your job for eight hours and then that's right yeah, yeah there you go
0: Yep. uh all right this year who's for real dre
1: um the eagles are for real no doubt about it um you know they're 10 and 1 they were 10 and 1 at this time last year what is different about the eagles this year than it was last year um not too much i think you know, um, a team that went to the Super Bowl, it's like, you know, we went to the Super Bowl even though we didn't win. We always felt that we can get back there. And I think the Eagles, this could be their shot, you know, definitely this year to get back to this. Who knows if they're going to play the, the Chiefs again. I, The Chiefs aren't the same team they were last year. I, I think they took a little irk backwards to a certain point. They're still the Chiefs, still got Mahomes, but the Chiefs can be beat. And uh, I think the Eagles – Still have the same players. They still have the same organization. Still have the same coach. Sirianni's a great coach. Um, they got a great defense. The young guys are playing well. This is a time of year that um, it's all about health now for the Eagles. um, Going into the playoffs or going into December. Um, The 49ers took a little step step back, you know, a couple games ago. They lost three in a row. Um, Whether or not they play the Eagles in a championship game, that's neither here nor there now. But um, the Chiefs still have the – um, have the end on the AFC, you know, championship to go to that game and play in it. Um, my team, I mean, a, you know what? I, what can I say about my team? They're six and six. They they've lost a few games they should have won early in the year. to Jets, they lost to the Patriots. Uh, two teams in their division that they got they got to win their division first. Um, injuries have really been a a a factor in um, this year's team. You know, with the Bills. Um, Josh Allen really hasn't played the kind of football he has played in the past, except last week he really showed that he's still a great football player playing against the best team in the league. But he had four, 340 yards, another 90 yards rushing, two TDs. Um, so there's going to be a team from the AFC that nobody is going to think about to a certain point in these next four weeks in December that's going to make a move and getting the playoffs could be the Texans. I mean, I love CJ Stroud. I mean, this kid is, is, is a baller. Um, I think uh, the Texans did their homework and they really did a good job of picking him. Uh, and they got, he got a good, good supporting cast around him too. So, um, Miami ain't score 70 on you quick. They got the best. (laughs) They got two guys. They got their receiving core is outstanding. Uh, two has played well all year to a certain point when you got those guys you can't can't help but score points but um it's always a a battle all the way down to the last one or two games uh, of these teams um the teams that are in it they get beat one or two times in the next month and a half that could be the game that gets them out who knows so um
0: we'll just have to see what happens See you on social media all the time, Dre. You're you're everywhere. You're at you're at events. You're doing this. You're doing mm-hmm. that. I know uh, you do a lot of work at the foundation. We we do a golf tournament every year locally here in San Diego. Yep. Give me an update. T- tell tell the tell the people listening on the Boom Podcast what they're what you're up to. What you're doing websites, places they can come and check your stuff out? Yeah,
1: man. They can just go to, uh, you know, my Instagram or, you know, social media, Andre Reed underscore 83 and see what I'm doing. Um, My wife is really uh, uh, engaged in uh, marketing, you know, with the company she's with. Uh, She has probably 30 plus athletes in baseball, basketball, football, um, soccer, um, you name it. She's involved with a lot of things. Actually, She's involved with the uh, pro volleyball team coming here to San Diego. Um, they start playing in February. I know you heard about that um, and uh, the rugby team. So even though San Diego has lost their football team, I, I really give them a lot of credit for um, bringing soccer and volleyball here to, uh, to San Diego. So she's involved with that and you know she's she's always on the go and i'm just uh you know doing my thing with my foundation playing some golf doing a lot of stuff here and involved with a lot of things here and there but um really doing a lot of good stuff very cool dre i appreciate
0: you coming you on Got the it, man. today i'm headed to pebble beach i got a oh, Curdy, i know you're jealous i am uh but we'll catch up and and stay in touch when i get back in town for all you out there uh, watching now, you can watch the Boom Podcast on YouTube or if you're listening to the Boom Podcast as you do weekly, I appreciate you tuning in and we will see you next time. Thanks, Dre. You got it always, man.